Welcome to Bar Dive, a podcast about the people who love working in bars and what they're doing to navigate the new service frontier. I'm your host, Kayla Anschell. Last episode, we spoke with Camille, who shared her passion for the art of cocktail creation and also the ways that she believes we can make the bar world more equitable for everyone as we rebuild the service industry. Oftentimes, as we've seen throughout history, change can only be achieved after a period of upheaval. Maybe that's where we are at the moment. As parts of the country close again after false start reopenings due to high rates of new coronavirus infections, we're simultaneously protesting for racial equality through the Black Lives Matter movement. And as we continue to fight for causes we know to be just, there's still in the backdrop our urgent need to have some kind of income. Safety concerns coupled with dwindling savings are leading many who've previously made a living working in bars to step back and consider, is it even feasible for us to stay in this industry? Are there ways to be a bartender without physically being in a bar? On this episode of Bar Dive, we get creative with Dion, a front of house manager and bartender from Denver who creates cocktails on his YouTube channel that are part craft technique part entertainment, part history lesson, and garnished with a political view or two. So you've been in the service industry for most of your life and bartending for the past six years in Denver. What is it that you love most about the Denver bar scene? I just love mainly the guests. I love that Denver has grown into this cocktail-driven scene where like people who aren't cocktail bartenders are wanting to learn more about it and like educate themselves and come to the cocktail bars. I love having my regulars that I can just look at and be like, all right, you want a daiquiri? You want a uh, Queen's Park Swizzle? And like, don't even have to ask. It's just, I, I, I love that. I love the people. And also as the cocktail scene is growing, there's a lot more bartenders who I can nerd out with. I think there's so much background and history within the cocktail and spirits world. And it's really awesome living in a city where that's like kind of blowing up. What was it that initially drew you to bartending? It's something I always wanted to do within the industry. When I was younger, I was serving tables just to get through college. And I kind of was like, no, if I become a bartender, I'm going to be a lifer, which I wasn't wrong. (laughs) And it was like after college, I had this one friend who's behind the bar and I was talking to another friend and like, yeah, one of these days I'm going to get me a real job. And he paused and like looked at me and he's like, Dion, this, this is my real job. This is my career. And that's kind of what sparked something in my head. And I started doing more research of like how to become a career bartender. That's when I started slowly learning more and more about spirits and bartending and was still kind of in like the post-college job hunt and I started realizing that like what I'd like to do is talk to people be around people be creative and use my hands and make something that brings someone else joy even if it's for like the 10 minutes that they're drinking the cocktail or even two minutes that they're drinking the cocktail but it's fun to to be a part of that experience and to make something for somebody right there on the spot Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me, too, you know, just the idea of career bartenders and how, for some reason, some people don't seem to think of that as being 
like, you know, bartending supposed to be something you do as a summer job or whatever. And it's interesting, this perception that people have that around career bartenders, I don't know if it's classism or just like a way to delegitimize it. Yeah, it totally is. And it's, again, one of the things I'm realizing I'm seeing in Denver as like the the shift that we were talking about is that people are finding more of appreciation for bartenders and realizing that you know, this is a real job. I, I do really care about this job. And like, yeah, maybe sometimes I'm not making as much money as somebody who makes like $150,000. Like I'm still able to provide for myself and plan for my future. Sometimes it's a little bit harder than other jobs, but like it is a real job. And there's no reason why ser- even serving or bartending should be like looked down upon. Agreed. Yeah. What were you doing for work before the pandemic started? So before the pandemic, well, I'll first say back in, before December 21st, I was running a cocktail bar called St. Ellie and Colton Gray. And then we closed just, it was before the pandemic. I got a job offer and I decided to go with it. It was outside of the bar. It was at this restaurant called Steuben's. I decided to take a uh, step out of the bar in a sense and be more of the front of the house manager, which... I really enjoyed because I still get that busyness of like helping everybody out. They really enjoyed me having me there, like especially the bar manager. Cause he's like, if I'm not here, at least I have somebody here who knows like how to make cocktails and help out the bar, which I've definitely had to do. And it's, it's a fun thing to run around and help the bussers and help the servers, help the hosts. And then like, they're like, Hey, we need you to come back here and make a couple aviations. And I just go back there and shake them up and then run around. And um, yeah, that's what I was doing before COVID. Is Steubens open or are there plans for it to reopen? They actually just reopened this Monday. Uh, Limited staff, obviously limited seating here in Colorado. We're doing 50% capacity with the amount of, you can only have 50 people in the building, but then they are allowing for outdoor seating. So Steubens does have like a pretty big parking lot that I believe that they're using for like table seating, which a lot of places are doing. They're even like putting tables on sidewalks, again, parking lots, anywhere they can add additional seating. Are you planning on going back there eventually? Eventually, I'd definitely like to. There's so much unknown that we still have around coronavirus. I want to wait and see what happens. If things continue to do well and Colorado can contain more of this virus, then yeah, eventually I'd love to go back. I miss all my friends. I miss working in the industry and I miss... Like I said, I miss regulars. I miss my regulars so much. The greatest thing is I can still have FaceTime with them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We just, we live on FaceTime now, don't we? Mm-hmm. I know that last time we spoke, you said that you were a bit hesitant about even getting back into restaurants. Are you just worried about how long it's going to take for the industry to rebound? Yes. Uh, seeing states like Arizona, Florida, oh man, oh, and Texas as they're reopening and cases are gradually spiking, I'm very hesitant about going back at the moment because, I mean, we just started and we're already having, we like there was a nightclub that shut down this weekend, another bar that had like people spilling out into the streets. The couple places that I've walked past that are serving, people aren't wearing masks and some aren't even practicing social distancing. And I'm not saying that all places are. I know I have a handful of friends that run really awesome bars that are trying to do their best at like 
keep continuing social distancing and forcing masks. But I worry about the places that aren't following the rules that are going to make it worse for the rest of us. Right. Well, you said that you saw like a, a club with people just spilling out of it. That clearly seems like it was over the 50% capacity limit. Yes. There's only so much you can do. And I think people have gotten restless staying at home. So they're just like, no, we're going to go out and we're going to party. And unfortunately, that is going to like affect the rest of us in the industry. And also, we got to think about our, like the people that are working, like they're putting themselves at risk. And these people who aren't wearing masks is making it a bigger risk for those who are working. I mean, that kind of brings me to my next question as far as, you know, alternatives outside of working in bars and restaurants, because I believe since the pandemic started, you started your own YouTube channel called Barkeep's Choice, which features you and your barback slash dog bandit showing how to make cocktails. <laughs> oh, man. He's the, he's the real star of the whole show. Yeah, so that's something me and my friends have been talking about. And I had been, since quarantine happened, having a lot of people text me about like, how do they make a margarita? Or like, hey, I have this gin and like some chartreuse. What should I do with it? I just kept sending people recipes and realizing why don't I do something to help everyone? Yes, places are opening, but there's still another rule that we have is that you can't sit at the bar. And so that's something I feel like a lot of bar patrons and cocktail connoisseurs like to do is sit at the bar, talk to the bartender, learn from the bartender, I have a pretty good like collection of booze at home and with help from friends from letting me borrow cameras, doing graphic design, I was able to put this together to give people that feel that they're still in the bar with me and trying to do it as like a really approachable thing and not overly complicated to where it's going to leave someone confused and like be like, this is too much for me. I want to make it approachable for everybody. One of the things that I really love about your videos is how you also like incorporate cocktail history into them. And the episode that you published on Juneteenth, you featured Cato Alexander, who I had never heard of um, before your video, but he sounds like a really fascinating person. Could you tell us a little bit about who he was? Yeah, so Cato Alexander is a black bartender. He was born in the same time of the abolition of slavery. So, I mean, he was born into slavery, but quickly freed. He started working in uh, restaurants and inns when he was a kid. So that's how he got introduced into uh, the bar scene. And it was 1810 when he opened his first bar, which he named it after himself, called Cato's. And he was known for making brandy, mint juleps, and gin cocktails. And he really liked using mint. I didn't really know too much about him either. And I like had struggled to figure find a video with everything going on with the Black Lives Movement. It didn't seem appropriate to be like, posting too many videos of like, hey guys, it's me and Bandit here. <laughs> right. And I had a friend recommend like looking up the history of black bartenders. And then I just started doing my research and found Cato. And I felt like that was like a really awesome introduction, especially because he was born around the same time of the abolition of slavery, which is around like June 3rd or Juneteenth, which is kind of a perfect time for this video to come out. And I don't think a lot of people have really done a lot of research into black bartenders of, of, in history. So I felt like that was just a, 
good way to oh, like come back into making these videos and show people that there is more history within the black community, even in bartending. So you include cocktail illustrations in your videos. Are those all done by you? No, they're done by my really awesome friend, Danny, out in New York City. She's a, a teacher out there. And we've been friends since high school. And after my first video, she reached out to me and just said she wants to draw one for my next one. And then it just kind of became a thing. Like when I'm done recording it, I send her the video and she comes up with the illustrations and the little comics on each one. And it's one of my favorite parts of the videos, which is funny. It's like none of the things that I'm doing. I'm like, but it's awesome because she illustrates what the cocktails look like and makes them into little characters. And for the, like the Instagram posts, I keep the little comic part of it of what they're saying. And they're just, they're always really spot on and great. And like, like this last one that we did on Cato Alexander, she put the julep mug with the Black Lives Matter mask and just had some real things relating to Black Lives Matter, which was really awesome. I saw this one where it was, it said abolish ice on the ice cube. Was that the Cato Alexander one or was that? It was actually, that was the Cato Alexander and she put a like, if you don't mind me cussing on your show, go uh, for it. She said, she said, fuck ice. And she put a, like, it's a little line and she drew a black t-shirt on the line. That's really great. Which is a reason why I can't promote the post. But on the, <laughs> the margarita one, she put, cause I did a classic margarita and then I did my own variation on a margarita and the comic, the classic one says, Maggie, is it? And the bartender's choice is, it's margarita, actually. And it says, well, aren't you just a little spicy? And she says, please go away. And that's kind of referring to guys coming up and, like, hitting on Latino girls and just calling them spicy because of their their race. And she was doing that to stand up for them. And I love it. She kind of always asks me, she's like, can I say this in this post? And I'm like, be as creative as you want, because I think it's great. And everything you stand for, I also stand for. I'm trying to allow everyone who wants to be a part of it who's creative to be as creative as they want because it's a creative outlet right now and times are really, really strange. So let's get weird and creative with it. Totally. And you, you know, you guys seem like a great creative duo. So looking forward to seeing more, uh, more collaborations with the two of you. Well, thank you. What's the response that you've received so far to your videos? Uh, nothing but positive feedback. I was kind of like worried about how different like bars or bartenders or owners would feel about me doing this because this was about the first month into quarantine when I started and I was very much worried that like, hey, I'm teaching people how to make drinks at home and you guys are doing takeout cocktails. Is this going to steer away from your business at all? I don't think that that's been the case. And I've actually received nothing but positive feedback from bar owners, bartenders, and like, I have now added on uh, one of my good friends, Abby, to, um, she's a bartender as well, and she helps me do some script writing, along with one of my friends who's a connoisseur of cocktails, but he does he's never bartended. This way I can have two different ends of the spectrum when I'm writing my scripts and have someone, like, review it for me. And it's just, it is really awesome to have seen so much support throughout the, uh, the bar community for me doing these silly videos with me and my dog. 
I kind of look at it the same way uh, around cooking. I have basically been teaching myself to cook <laughs> during the pandemic, and it's a cool skill to have, and I'm happy that I'm doing it more. But it's also just really nice to be served and go out somewhere and be taken care of. So, you know, I think it's nice for people to to be taught some of these skills, but I don't necessarily believe that giving them those tools is going to mean that they're like, oh, I just, I'm, you know, I'm a bartender now. I don't need to go out and have a really nice cocktail made for me. <laughs> oh yeah. And that's just more of, I was, I've been locked up alone. So I've like, I get wrapped up in my head and I'm like, I wonder how everyone's going to think about this. And I'll tell a friend and they're like, dude, you are getting way too deep into your head. I'm like, I have a lot of free time guys. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of us have, uh, have gone down some interesting rabbit holes while, uh, while in our homes. I'm not into TikTok yet. And I'm glad about that. It's a pretty big <laughs> accomplishment for being in quarantine. <laughs> That is a big accomplishment. I have fallen victim to it. Which I guess I can't hate on them now. They um, blocked all the uh, people from going into the... Um, now I'm losing my train of thought. The Trump rally. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Trump rally. Yeah. And to hear that it was like TikTok users and like, what is it? Uh, K-pop uh-huh. that rented all these tickets. I'm like, of all the... T- websites and things that I would ever think about that would do something pretty big, I would never assume it would be TikTok. That's why it's the perfect culprit. You never suspect it. (laughs) So what is your favorite classic cocktail? Oh, it's got to be a daiquiri, hands down. Nothing like some good old rum, lime juice, and sugar. It's all you need in life. It's not all you need, but it'll it'll make your day a little bit better. Is that Bandit's favorite too? He's like an old-fashioned type dog if he's going to do a cocktail. Classy. He'll still just pound PBRs and get unruly around the house. Just as a disclaimer, I do not give my dog any boots. <laughs> it's an important thing to note. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> You're welcome. Something that came up last time we spoke was that you don't like the term mixologist. And I was wondering, I was wondering about that. Uh, yeah, I get called that quite a bit. I mean, if people want to call me that, that's up to them what they want to call me. But I don't ever like to call myself that because, I mean, so a mixologist is a bartender who mixes drinks. But that's as far as we got as a, a definition of it. You're still a bartender. And I feel like it's a fancy title when you should be proud to be a bartender. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier of like, it's like the people who don't want to be ashamed for be a bartender. And it's not everybody that way, but that's just kind of what me and other friends talk about it. And either way, you're still a bartender. So why not be proud of being called that instead of trying to put like a fancy name on it? As another friend and I call like another term for, uh, mixologist is star tenders who people are trying to be trying to get as much to like recognition from different brands and all this stuff where the main focus when we're behind the bar should 100% of the time be the guest. Agreed. Yeah. And I mean, I do kind of think that there is some classism around the service industry because, um, you know, of people thinking that you are, serving them, which you are, you're there to give them, you know, an enjoyable, um, hopefully enjoyable experience. But it's like that act of, of serving. It's like, that's, 
puts you somehow beneath the customer when it shouldn't be viewed that way. And I do agree that I think some bartenders probably also feel that way. And maybe that is, you know, why it's it's safer to call yourself a mixologist than a bartender. How do you think your day-to-day has kind of changed since we've gone into quarantine? Oh, it's completely the opposite. So I feel like people who are like nine to fivers, now that they're like who've gotten like furloughed or laid off and kind of in the same boat as me, they're staying up super late of like when I would usually go to bed and waking up a little bit later to where I have shifted more into like a nine to fivers type lifestyle. Like I wake up at 5.30, I go to bed by like 11. I plan my work week of making these videos and workout scheduled all Monday through Friday. And I just started thinking like, holy crap, I'm now a nine to fiver. Like, which is in quarantine to be a nine to fiver is a very odd thing. It's kind of like a freaky Friday type scenario going on right now. <laughs> exactly. So best guess, you know, given your experience, where do you see the service industry going? I don't know where it's going to go. I don't think any of us can say where it's going to go. I mean, we're opening right now, and this is kind of like our trial to see how we can do being open during a pandemic. I really worry that we might, that places might close and we might go back onto like a, a lockdown situation, which if that's the case, then I think takeout is going to be what happens to service industry for a period of time until we can finally get past the coronavirus. If this does work, this trial period of us being open works out, then right on until coronavirus is resolved, we're still going to have to practice wearing a mask and social distancing. And it's going to be tedious and frustrating, but until like we get a vaccine or something happens, like I, we're either on those two spectrums, I believe. Thank you, Dion, for sharing your experience with us. If you'd like to get creative at home, making your own cocktails, and also brush up on a bit of bar history, check out Dion's YouTube channel, Barkeep's Choice. I'm your host, Kayla Anchel. Sound engineering for this episode of Bar Dive was done by Jason Sosoyev. If you're someone that works in the bar service industry and would like to speak about your experience, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at bardivepodcast at gmail.com. One last thing before we go, here's Dion again with a recipe for you to try. All right. So this is a cocktail I made for 420. I live in Denver, which 420 is like a pretty big holiday out here. I called it the Dankery. So I used one ounce of plantation five-year rum from Barbados, uh, one ounce of Batavia Arak, which is an agricole rum made from the Dutch Indies. And it's made from red rice. Three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, half ounce of simple syrup. I did a quarter ounce of a homemade marijuana tincture and then added an egg white. So then I add all the ingredients and I do a, a reverse dry shake where I shake it with ice first and then strain it back into the tin and then shake it again with no ice as hard as I can. And I serve that uh, up in a uh, Nick and Nora and then I used a little bit of marijuana as garnish, sprinkled on top. And that's the dankery. And then just say cheers. Oh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> <laughs> the one thing that we said that we were going to say. Well, cheers. <laughs> <laughs>